Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another exciting episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning. I also want to thank you, loyal listeners, for following me, for those that have been subscribing to not only just um, listening to the shows, because the shows can be heard on several different outlets. I now have it on YouTube. It's also on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. It's at um, Blog Talk Radio. And you can also Google Jeanette Abney Podcast 2020, which is the it's an FM station that's also playing the um, the basically the audio clips. So again, I am very grateful for that. Now, today is a topic that is definitely of interest. Now, as believers and non-believers, many have their perception of church leadership. Now, one's perception can be based on your own personal experience or on the experience of another, and perhaps some of the times, some of the things that we see or that we've heard. However, the way the world is going right now, we need our Heavenly Father more than ever. But the question is, when we talk about our Heavenly Father and we talk about church and we talk about a place of worship, whether it is the Catholic Church, a Christian, a Protestant, the Kingdom Hall, whatever, or wherever we're going to worship, can we really trust those in the pulpit? Are we putting more trust in man than we are in God? Now, this has been a question for many as well as had individuals had the desire to either join a church or leave a church or place of worship, which is why we're going to be talking about it. Now, I've heard it be said that if you're not going to be part of the solution, you could be part of a problem. Now, if this is a problem in your church or in leadership in regards to the people you have in your pulpit, I want to hear from some of my pastor friends out there because I know you are out there. I want you to call in so we can talk about it. Today's show is not to be shaming people, throwing people up under the bus, or misrepresenting the house of God. That's not the purpose of the church. But the title is Hustlers in the Pulpit. Now, when we start even talking about a hustler, do some people still feel that they're being hustled, or did they feel that they were previously being hustled? Are we looking at what the pastor's driving, what's happening in leadership, or what's going on with the money? Are we questioning these things? That's basically what the show is going to be centered around in regards to how to identify it, what to do, and basically what is the role, and why are leaders either falling astray, and what can people do better? Now, I'm waiting on the young lady that basically wanted to, that came up with this title to call in, so once she call in, We can hear her input as it relates to this topic also. But I want to give you what they consider the definition of a hustler. And this is coming from the Urban Dictionary. It is someone who knows how to get money from others. And when we talk about church, and we know that it's a place of business, we had a person call in before, and they was talking about how they felt that people should be um, doing um, meeting and congregating in a park or out on the street. That sounds fine and dandy, but what if it's raining? 
We know that some bills need to be paid. We know that things need to be taken care of. And I also know that there are a lot of good pastors out there that are not on payroll, that sometimes they take their own money to buy things, to do things, to give to people. So, again, this is not to ruin anybody's name, reputation, or anything of that nature, but to just put it out there so we can have a better understanding. Because sometimes it's like having a kid and you ask a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And if they have seen or they believe there's a lot of money in something, that's where most people say they want to be and what they want to do. But is this actually a lucrative position? Is it something that the pastors or the deacons or the individuals that are in the place of worship, do they have to start trying to shake people's pockets and say, hey, we need more, we need to do this, we need to do that? We've heard it be said from a lot of comedians where they have made jokes about the bowl being passed around or the pot being passed around, and yet here we have a window fund, but the windows never get put in, or we have a building fund, or we got this, we got that. And sometimes people may feel that they're being hustled because they don't see the fruit of their labor. We also know that sometimes we look at the character of the person where an individual can be redeemed, they can be saved, but yet they may have had a a lifestyle that was a little different from those that you would normally see because I know myself growing up in the Church of God in Christ, a lot of individuals, it wasn't like they grew up and went to private school or was born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and they may have come from off the streets, came off drugs, and have, and have hustling in their nature. So I, I totally get it. But then when they go and enter to the pulpit, do those behaviors change, or do they just start a whole new hustle? Again, that's something that we can talk about. Now, when we talk about um, the definition of hustler, and they have another definition for it, it says one who rushes, I mean, rushes or hurries, an energetic person. A lot of times we talk about a hustler, individuals feel hustled because they're, they view individuals as having a, a, a fast tongue, a moving mouth. They view them as being um, not being honest with individuals in the congregation. So, again, those are just some things to name a few. If you want to call in and you want to share your experience or your thoughts as it relates to this topic, give me a call, 516-387-1914. And you don't have to be shy, but please be respectful because I want to say it is not all, but there are some out there. So that's why we're going to be talking about this. Now, I want to start off by also saying, as I was gathering information for this topic, I found that there was a lot of information, movies being made, a lot of different podcasts, but let me divert a little bit, because somebody's calling in, so let me log on this caller, because I want to hear what everybody has to say. Hi, this is Jeanette, welcome to Pressure Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, number ending in 7-9. How are you doing? Hello? Okay, you're on the air, number ending in 7-9, last two numbers, if you want to share or talk. So I do have you logged on. So getting back to what I was going to say. Now, when I started trying to get information as it relates to this topic, I found that there's been songs made, 
movies made. You know, I'm thinking about Hustle and Flow, but when we started talking about, even though Hustle and Flow wasn't about being in the pulpit, it was about a person trying to get their hustle on. We think of the big Cadillacs, we think of the pimps, we think of all of these negative things. But when we start talking about being a hustler in the pulpit, I want to know what is your perception? What does that look like to you? Because when we start talking about the money part, sometimes when you start bringing money into things, people can lose their way. They can lose their perception of things. And so I'm finding this topic to be very, very interesting. And not only that, when we start talking about just the hustler in the pulpit, what is the role of leadership? That's what I want some of the pastors that I know personally to call in and talk about because a lot of times we don't even understand the different positions and who's responsible for what. Now, I'm trying to go back into my um, my Facebook and my Instagram and my Twitter to see if anyone has made any comments that perhaps may not be able to call into the show in regards to something that they might want to add to the show. I'm also waiting on my, my, my friends from Compton to call in who's also in basically ministry, who I know changed his life around, so I gave him the number to call in. So I'm, I'm waiting, but you got to remember, thus far, we got 50 minutes, 34 seconds left on the show. Now, I'm looking at something, and I guess somebody else has done something in regards to Blog Talk Radio, and it says in regards to hustle, hustler, and hustling in the pulpit. And they indicated that things was out of order, and it says, have you ever felt hustled? Have you seen a hustler or witnessed hustling from the pulpit? Let's talk about it. And this was a show that someone had talked about in 2009. I'm looking at um, Pulpit Pimp. And as I'm just going through some of this stuff, it kind of reminds me of Bishop Bullwinkle. And many times individuals have, that went viral. People were um, sharing it with other individuals on YouTube. And, you know, he was singing. And, and a lot of times we it becomes comedic. We start laughing. We think it's funny, but when you start talking about the house of God and you start talking about a place of worship, those things should not even be tolerated or accepted, but it's happening. Now, even as I am looking through some of this information and talking about just even the pulpit, now, I'm looking at something, and they even someone wrote a fiction book, and it says the pastor no longer sees the church as an opportunity to hustle money, but instead an opportunity to help and give. And that is basically what a lot of individuals believe and want to believe and have seen and thought that the church was supposed to be about. But yet now we have this alternative styles of preaching, alternative um, types of churches, and so we're trying to figure out what is going on. When um and I, I wanna say Kim Kardashian's husband and with him being in the church and, and um basically hooking up with Joel Osteen, that has created a huge controversy to where some individuals say they don't wanna judge, but they also looking at is this gonna be a whole new household? So that's a whole nother issue. I'm looking at something that also and this is coming from this is from the pulpit, blessings come when you put God first. Some people believe 
that the spoils belong to those who hustle. They tend to think, as we start talking about these types of things, that basically the hustle is something that um, that happens automatically and that sometimes they don't fall into it and they feel that they, that they won't get it and it depends on them. Others sometimes take more of a laid-back approach. They believe good things come to those who wait, and they may view the hustle as being overly ambitious while the later may judge the former. And a lot of times, like I said, this is not just to judge individuals, but how do you get a person to turn their life over to God? How do you keep the doors of your church open, especially if you have a small congregation? Are donations low? A lot of times individuals have a misperception between a 5013C and even just a for-profit, even when it comes to business. So we know that church is a place of business and things have to be taken care of, but when we start talking about the kingdom of God, what is a person to do? Now, I'm looking at something, and it's coming from the southern.com, and it says, Jesus recommends way of life which turns both the conventional hustle and laziness approaches upon their head. His approach is counterintuitive. And what they do is they seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. But now it goes back to is that do you really believe that? Or can it be that if the church doors are open and no one is contributing, can the church stay open? I remember having Pastor Danisdale on before, and he was seeing how a lot of churches are closing their doors. A lot of churches are going bankrupt. A lot of individuals don't know what to do, and some individuals are looking for a place to go and worship, and yet sometimes the floors don't be up to par, and, you know, and it's like, where is that money supposed to be coming from? Okay, it looks like the person is calling in. Let me see. Is this Lady T? Yes, it is. Hi. Okay, I was waiting for you to call in. I'm still talking. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, um, some information in regards when we talk about hustlers in the pulpit. And a lot of times uh-huh. when we start talking about that, it's like hustlers in the pulpit being hustled and talking about leadership. Now tell the listeners mm-hmm. who you are, as you're going to be joining me because you came up with this topic and I thought it was kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> I am Elder Lady Tammy Robinson. <laughs> and okay. I go, oh, and I attend... Higher Dominion Worship Center currently, and I do my own ministry called the Wild Women, and I'm on the show quite often with my buddy old pal, Jeanette. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate you. And you know what? And it's interesting because I was um, getting ready for work yesterday, and I had this vision of something that I want to run by you because um, there are some other things that needs to be done or I would like to see done, especially when we're talking about encouraging, empowering, and educating. And that's basically what the show is really designed to do. And even as we're talking about hustlers in the, in the pulpit, some individuals take hustling as a negative connotation, and some individuals look at it as being positive in regards to trying to step your game up, meaning I got to hustle. Now, when we start talking mm-hmm. about in the pulpit, when we talk about a place of worship in God's house, how do the two connect between hustling and the pulpit? Because you've been in church all your life. Um, yes, 
Um, wow. There's, well, I look at it as not just, like, taking money, but, like, you can hustle the people. Like, you're up there in one capacity, but you're actually living in another. Mm-hmm. So you're misleading the people, like you know, you're hustling them because they're they're giving their they're giving their tithes, they're giving their offerings. They come there for a good word. They come there to hear the word of God. They come there to get deliverance. They come to be healed. They come, you know, to feel the move of God. And then you know they're trusting the person over them, and the person can be up there just to be receiving the money or for the accolades and not really living what they're preaching but demanding it of the people. Hmm. So you're taking it in regards to being hustled like being tricked, meaning I'm coming yeah. to this place, and as I'm in this place, I'm expecting good things, but yet I'm walking mm-hmm. out not being filled, and I feel robbed. I feel cheated. I feel... Because people live their lives, and they're going to be judged according to the way they live and responsible for what they do. Mm-hmm. When we start talking mm-hmm. about being hustled and tricked, it's like being aware of false prophets. And a lot of times we right. look at individuals in leadership, and we want to give them respect, or we feel that they should be respected. But then when we start seeing something different, it's like a double life in regards to a hustler. Because I know growing up in Compton, and I know a whole lot of hustlers. I'm not gonna even lie, and they do what they gotta do. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, don't I don't respect. The, I don't. I don't. Um, basically, it's like I have a better understanding of the game, so I get that. No matter where I'm at, even being as a businesswoman myself, but I know that I don't have mm-hmm. to take advantage, and I don't have to hurt people in order for me to be able to feel good about myself or drive a fancy car or whatever the case may be, because a lot of times Uh individuals feel bamboozled if they feel like they've been taken advantage of. And I know what used Uh to bother me when I was a kid, because I tell people at first when I was young and I used to sing in church, I didn't want to sing, especially when I saw people getting paid and getting fed. I was like, wait a minute. If they get paid, why well, I got to sing for free? You need to either buy me a Big Mac or number one at McDonald's or pay <laughs> That was my hustle. I had a food hustle. <laughs> and my food mm-hmm. hustle, and it got me in trouble. Now I got all this weight on me. I need to <laughs> donate some of the fat to somebody else. But, you know, but then, but then I saw all these different things going on. And what bothered mm-hmm. me the most was I would see pastors in their big, nice cars, and you got people catching the bus trying to go to church or, mm-hmm. you know, and they bills are not paying their rent and depending on God. And then mm-hmm. you start thinking about it like, wait a minute, you got to take care of home first. You trying to take care right. of your pastor. But then I also know the right. flip side of that where there are pastors now that are not on payroll there are pastors that don't take up from the congregation. There are pastors that be up day, night, right. and all of that. And you could never pay them enough for some of the things that they've done right. or do. Right. So I know right. both sides, even as a businessman. Right. So, like I said, so that's why I didn't want people to think that I'm going to be throwing people up under the bus because we do have to right. give individual a better understanding. And those that are out there doing wrong, how do you handle that in leadership? Because that is a leadership role. Because sometimes you got deacons hustling folks. You got the armor mm-hmm. bearer. 
how do you handle that, Tammy, especially being a first lady? What happens in the church when you I, see these things come or going I've on? Seen, I've seen a lot of things, not just in the capacity of a first lady, but as an elder, as a um, pew member, as, you know, I've seen lots of things. I've seen where deacons taking up the money, they would slide hundreds in their shoe or something. They would take from the offering. I've seen where mm. you collect the offerings for different programs. They would keep some of the offering because you don't know what's collected. So they would take some of the cash, take out of it before they give it. And mm-hmm. um, I know that there's, um, there's I've seen where there's some leaders that would be like, okay, after you count the money, just give it to me. And the mm-hmm. deposit would never see the bank. You know, I've, I've seen I've seen it all. And, you know, it's pretty sad because you're not robbing the church, you're robbing God. Because those mm-hmm. are the, those are, that's the tent of, that people are giving to him to better build up his kingdom. And you're not, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to touch that. So when you do that, you know, you have to give and count to God for that. So, mm-hmm. and when I say hustle, I mean, hustle can't. Hustle can also be a good thing because a lot of people they hustle meaning they don't give up they keep going to get what they're trying you know to get reach their goal or accomplish what they're doing. So, but when I say mm-hmm. like hustlers like in the pulpit, we got a lot of preachers these days that are falling off because they're being found out. They're misleading the people. They're hustling them. They're getting their ties, their offers to keep the doors open, but they're also using the money for their benefit. They're also you know just teaching and doing any old thing but lying to the people, misleading the people, you know what I mean, and not being Mm -hmm. truthful and honest in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But they'll be quick to condemn someone over the pulpit, you know, to still make themselves look good. And they have the church members turning against one another, but they're just sitting up there just taking it all in. So, you know, they're Mm -hmm. hustling on every act, not just the money part, but you're messing with people's lives. You know, you're you're misleading them, you're manipulating them, you're deceiving them, and it's not fair. Gotcha. Okay, we have another And if that's what you're going to do, step down. Yeah. And and we're going to talk about some of these things and options and things that people could do if they're seeing and they're witnessing this. Let me log on to the next caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in 44. How are you doing? Okay, I guess we got people that's calling in, but they're not seeing anything. So again, last numbers is four four. If you want to join in the conversation, you're more than welcome. Now, my question, like all your lady T, is when you start seeing these things, like you said, hustling is not always a bad thing. But when you're misleading, you're misguiding, you're misdirecting. You're not feeding your your sheep, and you're looking for your own financial gain, being selfish with it. I can see that definitely being a problem, definitely being a problem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that right there, and like I said, we need our spiritual heavenly father now more than we ever have. And that's because we got so much going on in the world. And how can one, you know, try to save souls when other things is going on and they don't know what to do. And they're looking at this, and they're feeling tricked, or they're feeling deceived, or they're feeling, you know, just straight out disrespected. Can one even go to their pastor and say, you know, because I know some churches have business meetings. I never even want to go to a business meeting because I really don't care what's going on with that. But what are some of the things that people in the congregation can do? You know, 
Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hello? My name is Alden Jackson. Hello? Yes. And a, a, a lot of churches have a policy called like an open book policy to where if you're a member, you can ask them to show you the books of the church and it'll show you where the money is being directed and how the money is being spent. Not all churches are do that, but a majority of the churches do have like an open book policy because mm-hmm. I do understand what you're saying. A lot of yeah, pastors and ministers them are tended to more of their own personal business than the business of the church. But most churches have like an open book policy where they will show you where the funds are being directed because one thing everyone must remember, each church, you, they have water bill, light bills, mortgages, mm-hmm. yes. rent, and, and, and so forth. But then there is still a lot of abundant money that's left also. So, I mean, if you're in doubt, just kindly approach them with soft words and ask them. But see, the thing is, a lot of mm-hmm. people are scared to go to the pastor right. and all that and ask them, can I see the books? Because then they think how the pastor is going to look. But if, it, if it's troubling the individual... Ask them because you don't want to lose trust or faith in someone who you have leading you, though, because you, they're under the guidance of God, and everything that they do is supposed to line up with the Word of God and the will of God. That's right. And some do, some do get sidetracked. Not saying they all start off right. as a business, but right. some do lose Because it's a lot of power when you have a whole congregation. That, that is mm-hmm. a form of power. And some cannot handle it, you know, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to give my input on it. Well, you know what, you know, you know, you know, you know, I know. Now, I'm going to put you out there because you say all that, you know I call you Artie. Now, um, yeah. <laughs> now, when we're talking about yeah. hustlers and the way we grew up, game recognized game. And a lot of times, many of us, <laughs> many of us grew up in the church. Because me knowing you growing up from Willowbrook, ain't no way you go walk yeah. in there and get hustled because you go recognize the game. So the point that I'm trying to make is we are supposed to be out there in regards to saving souls, delivering individuals, helping individuals, setting people free, but yet individuals are still feeling hustled. Or they're yeah. looking at not only just the members of the congregation, you got outside people that are turning their nose up at the churches because they feel that people, the churches are not giving back to the community. But if you, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot give what you don't have. So yes, this right. is some of the misperceptions that I wanted to bring to the forefront just to let people know, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Everything that glitter is not gold. So just because That's you true. see a person in the pulpit, don't be thinking that they got all this money coming in here because sometimes they don't. And they may not be hustling you. But sometimes we got to differentiate between hustle and bad leadership, too. Because those are two right. different things, both Tammy and Artie. Because some churches right. just have bad, or the organization needs to, they need to work. Any comments in regards to that? Bad leadership or bad organiz or um it's not only just the leadership but the organization. Um, that's like what you would call like a, a slippery slope. Like this morning I just watched on YouTube where somebody did a documentation on, on Creflo Dollar to where he mm-hmm. asked his congregation he would ask his congregation for sixty five million dollars to buy a jet. And he and he already has a jet. 
Now, to ask your congregation for $65 million to buy another jet, there's a whole lot of things that you can be doing with that $65 million that will be pleasing to God and right. pleasing to your congregation. Because $65 mm-hmm. million, dollars, you can open up a lot of homes, a lot of schools, a lot of buildings for the shelter of homelessness. It is an awful mm-hmm. lot. And then you would ask, one would ask yourself, if one already has a jet, what do he need $65 million for for another jet? No. So things mm-hmm. like that makes people raise their eyebrows. And then a lot of good pastors and good ministers, they get the short end of the stick because people, they, they quit to say how the pastors are doing or the ones that's out there in public. And then they get a bad pastor. Like one time I invited a guy to church, and he was like, oh, man, pastors, and they, 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 they robbed the people. And all I had was a simple answer for the guy, not all of them. And that's my point. That is my point, Artie. It's because a lot of times individuals have this misperception. So meaning, why are you going to miss your salvation or miss changing your life around? Because you're looking at the fact that your, the pastor did this, the pastor did that, the pastor sleeping with so-and-so. The That's the pastor's business. So sometimes yes. you got to get to the point to where you can, you know, approach them with kindness. Me, even as a businesswoman. When I have my staff or my staff come to me and they're trying to figure out how I'm doing this, how I'm doing that, I'm an open book. I don't mind sharing, but I know that my finances ain't what other people think that they may be because I know yeah. what I have to deal with. And, I, and when we're talking about hustle, my hustle is getting up in the morning, getting on this freeway, riding sometimes with no gas in my car, having ate all day, you know, but you hustling. So we have to change that negative cognition and make it to its word positive. But if you do see a bad seed, you need to address it so that it don't cause more strife, not only in your church, but also in your community. Because that's where we're running the problem. And in order to lead people, you also have to know when and how to follow, too. Sometimes individuals have this attitude that can't nobody tell me nothing. Or how dare them. this is my church, and it's supposed to be a church for the community. And we see that only, right. not only in the Church of God in Christ, but in the um, Pentecostal churches, but also in Catholic churches. Sometimes they have a board. So there's a lot of different things. So what can we do to clean up this image? Or, or how did you even start trusting, Ordy? Because huh? I know you've turned your life around. And I know that you're doing yeah. a lot of good for the community, too. Yes. Um, it's like a real slippery slope once again because most pastors and ministers there look at an individual, you question them that it's, it's their church and they have enough members that they're going to make it with, without without you. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so so you have to, like, stand your ground. If, if And they should be able to answer. You're a member. You pay your tithe and you often. I, I think you're entitled to any answer to any question that you ask. Just want to know what you think of God. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's sad. So a lot of people are scared to approach approach the um mm-hmm. the, the man of God and all the women, all the staff, and everything. And, and and it is a slippery slope, you know, because then you go for so long, and then a lot of people stay at a church out of um friendship, out of out of feeling mm-hmm. loyalty to, to to the man of God or to whoever's in charge of them. Because of all the years, but that don't mean that they're doing things right. And this and a lot of people tend to stick to the loyalty. Over the word mm-hmm. of God being everything being did correctly, though it's a, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I know with myself, if I get this ill spirit, I mean, I'll address it, but I don't want to be connected because I'm looking at team building, just like we talk kingdom building. 
and building a kingdom. I don't want to play a part of something. And like I said before, if you're not part of a solution, you could be part of a the problem. And I wouldn't want to be connected to that because sometimes that image, but by that same token, when we talk about building a team, I want a hustler on my team. I want somebody that I know when you talk about gang bangers and stuff like that because you know their loyalty, you know, versus you got this person that's all this computer because, you know, it comes in all shapes, forms, and sizes. And, you know, so at least you got to know part of what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with. So I'm not saying hustler is a bad thing. Now, let me, um, somebody else is calling in. Let me add this person on. Hi, okay. this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Not Radio, number ending in zero one. How are you doing? Okay, I guess they don't want to say anything. Okay, so oh, hi. I'm sorry. The... I... Okay. What would you like to add to the show? Oh, I'm just going to listen, I guess. Right? <laughs> okay, no problem. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, and I tell individuals, if you want to listen to the show, if you found the information on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can click on the link and you can listen. If you call in, you're going to show up on the switchboard to where your number pops up and you can talk and you can add to the show. Because I know a lot of times individuals kind of share, shy, and, and don't want to share, but it's up to you because... The okay. only thing that I require is that you be respectful because we all have our own beliefs and perceptions. And I do want to hear yeah. what people have to say because you don't have okay. to stay silent because this is a platform to where you can share your thoughts, your ideas, your perceptions, and everybody don't always have to be right and everybody's not wrong. So we're going to talk about it. Now, Artie, what would you see in regards to that? Because I made a comment about hustling and hustlers and sometimes building a team and trying to put your pulpit together and putting your members together, your deacon board together, and you do want to make sure that you are a church that's saving souls and not hurting people in regards to what Tammy was saying, because a lot of times people get wounded in the church. And there's no hurt. Tammy, you can tell me you got a lot of noise background back there too, Tammy. And um, it's a lot of times, you know, there's no pain that I can think of in a church worse than church hurt or if a person feels that they've been taken advantage of or they give to the church or they go back to the church because they, they are need now and the church closes their door and tells them no or I can't help you, and then a lot of times people feel betrayed. Let's talk about that a little bit, Tammy. What's your thoughts in regards to that? And that's another way sometimes people feel hustled, meaning that they gave to the church, but now that they are, they are in need, the church is not able to give back to them. Oh, yeah. Um, some people, well, hmm, you got, that goes two ways, too, because there's some people that try to hustle the church, too, because Correct. some people, they they give with, um, they give with the um, intention of, 
giving back. If they're going through something, the church needs to pay their rent or something. So their mindset mm-hmm. is, well, I've been paying my tithes. I've been giving offering. I've been doing this. And now that I'm in need, the church needs to pay for my needs. They need to pay my rent. They need to pay my house payment. They need to pay my uh, car payment. They need to do that. But, no, that's not what the church is for. The church is there to mm-hmm. help. But that's not what you pay your tithes and offering for. That's what your tithes is what, you know, is required in the word of God by God. That is what he's requiring a tenth of your mm-hmm. finances. So, no, mm-hmm. that's not for the church to pay your bills. And then on the other side, there's people that are in church that really need real help. And sometimes, some churches, what they do is they raise a benevolent offering, which means it's to help mm-hmm. an individual that needs help in church. And that's what that's for. And that's a separate offering has, you know, has nothing to do with the, the tithes and offering. It's just benevolent. And whoever wants to give in that offering can to help an individual in the church. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know, a lot of churches that would call street ministries, um, they do give back to the homeless. They do go out to the community. Now, I mean, I'm not part of a board. I don't get involved in a lot of church business, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite. But I do have a I always wanted to know, even as a businesswoman, the perspective of the church when it comes to giving to individuals that are not a part of their congregation. Should the church give to people in the community that's still not even a part of their community, I mean, part of their membership, or because they are in the neighborhood, or is it just for the people in the church? Any... Artie, what do you think about that? Because that's where I think a lot of the the negative conversation is coming from, is the people that's not even attending the church. Well, me, me myself, personally, the Bible teaches that everything that we do, we do we do from, from our heart, from mm-hmm. the love of your heart. You know, even like 10%, everything you do, God God don't want your money grudgingly. God said he wanted, he wanted money from a cheerful giver. So if you mm-hmm. if you love God and God is love, it should reach outside the church. Though if you see somebody in need, hey, buy a bottle of water. If somebody needs help and the, and the church is able to help them, I feel that they should help them. You should they shouldn't be restricted inside the walls of the church because the people, the body of believers is the church. So wherever a believer is, that is where the church is at. But then you also got to have a a love in your heart to help help all those in need. You can't. Point out who you're going to help because that's mm-hmm. not really the love of God. Because then you're being biased to a, from a believer to a non-believer. But we ought to we ought to communicate with the non-believer. How is they going to hear the word of God if nobody showed them the love of God? So you can't you Correct. can't restrict what you do because somebody is a member. And I heard I heard the, the lady speak on the benevolent. Some churches do that, and then some churches don't. But I've been to churches where they they help they put people in appointments. I've been to churches to where they help people pay their rent. And then, like the lady said, that you do have people who scam. But then if everything is did from the heart and from love of God, whatever those people do, they have to answer to God. But you're being mm-hmm. obedient to God because you, you're showing nothing but love. And it's it's just a slippery slope. Once again, you got to just do everything out of the loveness and kindness of your heart and that you know you're serving God. Because otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to rattle your brains trying to figure it out and you don't know if somebody's scamming or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw something on Facebook a couple of days ago, and it was interesting because they had this gentleman 
And it, I, I believe it went viral, but he was going through, I don't know if he was in Texas or where he was at, but he was knocking on people's doors, and he was asking them, how much is your rent? And some individuals didn't want to tell him, or they was like, well, why do you want to know? Some individuals were thinking about, okay, well, maybe he's trying to move into the neighborhood, and he was just kind of getting an a, a, a observation of what the going rent was. And he went to this one lady's house, she was an older lady, and she said, well, why do you want to know? He said, I want to pay your rent. Have you paid your rent yet? She said, no. And he gave her the money for her rent, and she said, you was raised right. Your mama would be proud of you. So sometimes when you're trying to help individuals, some individuals don't really want your help, or their, their pride gets in the way. And my mother used to say, they're going to talk about you if they do it. If you do it, they're going to talk about it if you don't. So sometimes I see that there have been situations where the churches have been in bad situations to where they don't know whether to go out and say, okay, well, let's help this neighborhood or let's go out. Who makes those decisions? Do they vote? Do they have people out there bringing back a report? What happens, Tammy? Do you have any, any ideas in regards to that? I could say it. Oh. What I was saying, okay, I'll ask Artie. Artie, in regards to situations like that, do somebody go back well, and Well, no, I'm just saying it's a lot of noise. I can hear a lot of background noise. That's why I can't hear. Oh. Okay, I do too, and I know it's not coming from me because I'm sitting in the office. If you're on the line and you have a lot of background noise or you're not speaking, please put your phone on mute so therefore we won't hear what's going on in the background. And if you want to speak and then you can take it off mute, we will greatly appreciate that. All right, thank you very much. Now, Artie, my question okay, was... Hello? Okay, I'm listening. Yes, like my church is located in Marino Valley, so um, my wife and them, they went out and they, they fed the women and um, and women and men and kids or whatever in Marino Valley, but then they noticed there's a need and a lot of homeless out in Riverside and, and Hemet and Highland. So then what we did was they just, they just asked people who wanted to go out and feed them and break up into teams and, um, and go out there to those, to those areas, not even where the church is located. They don't even tell the name of the church. Just say, Jesus loves you, and 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 get them mm-hmm. bags of food and toiletry and all that because it's like it's neither wherever the homeless is at, not really as far as like dictating. But then a lot of people are scared to go out of their comfort zone. You mm-hmm. know, like like the mm-hmm. group said, I I'm an old ex hood dude, and and you know I I go door to door like a Jehovah Witness and uh, you know spread the gospel. And then sometimes you got to be prayed up because a lot of people don't be want to hear it. You know, like mm-hmm. I go to pray with people, That's and right. they might be frustrated or whatever. And I just say, God bless you. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna leave that spirit alone, because some people don't, they don't receive things, you know. And then some people take the thing, they take it the wrong way. You can actually be kind, mm-hmm. and then they're thinking that that you're doing something else. And, and you always have to be prayed up whenever you go out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and I try to just go wherever. Wherever somebody needs something, you know, like even my little son, we went to IHOP and there was a homeless man, and my son took his shoes off his feet and gave them to the guy right there. So it's like wherever mm-hmm. it's needed, it should be dead. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you know what? And, and it's not only changing sometimes the member's perspective, but changing the community's perspective. 
because, like I said, a lot of times we get feedback from individuals that are believers as well as non-believers in regards to their feelings. And, see, people's feelings can change. People's attitudes can change. And I always say, well, what did you do or how did you contribute? And like Tammy said, yeah, there are sometimes people coming and they'll try to hustle the church too because you've got givers yep. in you as well as you have and you have to be able to know the difference and balance it out. Like I said, I believe in building teams. I like teamwork. You know, I like putting people th- and putting people together and with, that are like-minded and on the same mission to be able to go out within, in the whole world and try to help other people. But then a lot of times people are not going to want your help. And you have to respect that, but you also have to meet people where they are and let them know, I'm not trying to hustle you because sometimes it's not always mm-hmm. about money. And don't judge me based on what I do. For me, you can learn what not to do. So we just have that's to be more right mindful of leadership. What did you say, Artie? I said that part right there. <laughs> you know, because a lot of people then look at me, or a lot of people know some history on me, and then if they, they see me behind the pulpit, they'll be like, oh, I don't know about this guy. And I, and I just say everything I say, I quote a scripture, and I say, write that scripture down. Don't look at me, but listen to me. Don't 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 look at me, because I still look kind of hood like, and I be like, listen to me. Don't don't focus. Don't worry about my past. God created a new future, you know. And mm-hmm. and like you said, the team the teamwork is good when you have a team because then you're able to hold each other accountable. And that's the thing. Yep. A lot of people try to do stuff by themselves and don't hold nobody accountable. But if you have a team, you're stronger as a team. Everybody's being held accountable. Everybody gonna do their part and gonna support one another. Then there won't be no link, no link chain in it. Correct. You have to find that weakness. And see, that's the thing in the pulpit, and that's where they're supposed to be working as a team. But you see, sometimes division. You see a whole lot of other stuff going on. And um, like Tammy was saying, sometimes we so busy looking at other people. We're not paying attention to the role that we're playing in it because we don't understand what their position, and a lot of times people don't know how to stay in their lane. You know, just stay in your lane. Or it's like the dope game. Everybody want to get fed, or you feel the thing, you ain't getting your share, and then you take it here, you know, or plan to rob the, 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 the rob to take from the rich and give to the poor. You know, so we yeah. really got to change attitude when it comes to things of that nature. We really do. Now, we have two listeners on the line that you haven't said a word. Do you have something you want to add to the show now? Remember, you can speak. If you have any questions for myself, Jeanette Abney, or the R for it, I call her Lady T. Do you have any questions? Okay, they don't want to have, they don't have any questions. Now, I'm gonna say I heard you say, Tammy, that you just you start an organization and you're doing some things in regards to empowering empowering individuals. And a lot of times people don't wanna give or they scared to give or they feel that things are gonna be misappropriated. And one of the things is once you give and um, I like the way Artie was saying how you know, you got to give, don't give grudgingly, don't give, you know, with unrealistic expectations. And once you put it into the hands of another, what they do with it, that's on them. They're going to be held accountable for that. And the one thing when you start talking about a person that steals and you got to see that, you know, you can't trust somebody, you got to know what you can't trust them with. Now, my question to you, Tammy, is when you see these things happening, 
or you see someone that's out of order. And a lot of times individuals try to bring up people's past or you did this or you did that. Mm-hmm. How is how do you handle that in the church? You um well you go to everyone in love, but you just remind them that they once had a past too. You can't hold things against people who are striving to do better because we're all striving to do better. None none of us are perfect. We all have a past. And we've mm-hmm. all been through things. We've all done things we're not proud of. You know, we've all had to go to God for forgiveness. So you don't, you know, bring up what somebody else has done or what they're doing. You know, you just pray for them. Don't talk about them. And if you know mm-hmm. they have a need, try to help them. And if you can't help them, then see if you can know someone that can help. I mean, that's why when you say stay in your lane, that's why we all have different lanes because we can all help each other instead of trying to just cross in each other's lane. Let's just stay, stay where we at. So, you know, we can do, we can all work together for one Mm -hmm. and then we can help people, you know, instead of trying to hustle anybody or take something from somebody. And another thing I was going to say when you were um, talking is, a lot of people don't understand either that it requires a lot to be in leadership. A lot of people want to be in leadership, but they don't want to do what it's required to be in that position of leadership. We, you know, I, a lot of times what I did when we did things or we wanted to do things, I paid with my own money. I, I didn't take money from the church. You know, I didn't say, oh, pastor, we need this. We need this amount of money. we got to pay for this. No. I would take it out of my own pocket as a leader because it's an event. I said I would like to do this event. And then if other individuals want to participate, I'm like, oh, thank you. They want to volunteer or give, thank you. But if, if I brought it up and I'm taking it on, I'm going to provide the financing for it or whatever needs to be done. And if I can't, I'm going to go out and get, get what I need, find the resources that I need to make it happen. I'm not going to tax the so- church for it. <laughs> And and you know what? And like I said, hustling don't always have to be a bad thing, but you just don't want to take advantage of another right. person. You don't want to right. hustle somebody out of something, rob somebody out of something, deceive somebody into giving something, mislead somebody that you don't want to do. Because then that's when you've taken it and you made something that could have been positive negative. And that's, not, that's so not cool. So not cool. And it's funny how when you were talking about leadership, I was thinking about myself. One thing y'all better not put, ever put me in. Don't put me in no, no food ministry. That, that ain't going to work for me. <laughs> if you notice, Debbie, you've been doing me over 12 years. You ain't never seen me in the kitchen. I don't do the food ministry. Because <laughs> I've been there eating the food. <laughs> that don't work for me. <laughs> Are there anything else you want to add to this topic or in ways that we can do better in regards to changing this perception? Yeah. I um, wanted to say something. Another thing is like um, the maturity maturity of the the Christian falls upon remembering that we all fall short. But when when you have beginners in Christ and they see somebody do something wrong, it makes them bag up. But uh, the maturity of the Christian is shown when you realize that we all fall short, and then you're able to forgive and to move on. And I think that impacts the church a lot because everybody everybody is not mature in the word. So then it's hard that you so so you have to really walk your best walk 
even though we still going to fall and stumble, but we ought to always get up. But but uh, there's, it's a hard impact if if you displaying so much Christianity and then you with somebody who's immature of the word or still on milk, and they see you do something else. You can turn the people so far away from Christ that it's not even funny. And that's one of the things that's happened. People have been turned away. And see, maturity don't come with age, and maturity don't come nope. with just being responsible. Mm-hmm. You got a a maturity in regards to your emotions. You got a maturity in regards to your intellect. You have a maturity in regards to your your spirituality. It's a lot of different types of maturity. Okay, that sounds like Maria. Maria, were you about to say something? Uh, yeah, I, I had a couple of things that you guys were talking about that I wanted to comment. Okay. You got to speak a little louder, Maria, because we're to hear you. I said I had a couple of things that I wanted to comment on as you guys were talking, but I didn't want to interrupt. Um, currently, as you're speaking about maturity, maturity comes from experience. Um, when you have been in the church, when you have been in um, in the presence of God and you stay in prayer, you go through things and you learn things and you know how to address it with other people, number one. Mm-hmm. And, and then number two, when it comes to your community, uh, someone said earlier a lot of churches don't have resources to help in their community because their financial situations aren't as above as they need it to be. Well, there are Mm -hmm. um, programs in every city that you can go through, because I was in charge of that in my church. They have um, phone numbers that you can call where you can direct people to where they need individual help. For instance, we Mm -hmm. had a lot of people that needed help with light bills, so I could call 211 in our city, and 211 would give me the information to say, oh, well, send them to this individual location, and they'll show them how to get money to pay their light bill. You, There's mm-hmm. different resources that you can go to and not necessarily come out of church pocket, but you know how to help the people still by Correct. directing them into the right place. So that mm-hmm. comes with having a church that has organizational levels to where there are individuals in each department that knows how to go about helping someone in in whatever need they have. And as far as going in the community, we used to have free car washes and free oil changes in our church parking lot for the community in the neighborhood. Come out and get it done. And we used to do it for the single women, the single mom, and things like that. There's a lot of things Mm -hmm. you can do for your community that does not necessarily cost a lot of money because you get donations from different places to the church, and then you take care of those people in that capacity also. And then when it comes to the finances of the church, um, I like uh, Brother Artie said earlier, you, there's the churches that have an account of what the expenses are of the church. We used to have uh, semi-yearly and end-of-year um, re- uh, church uh, business meeting. And in that business mm-hmm. meeting, everyone is invited. When you come to the business meeting, everything is accounted for of the expenses of the church. And it's up on the screen, and it goes point by point where this fund went. So when you have people that don't come to the meeting because there's always naysayers, that are, oh, where's the money going to church? You ask them, did you come to the business meeting? No. Okay, well, don't speak negatively about your church unless you come and do your part. 
when you come and do mm-hmm. your part and be a participant in the church, then you don't have a reason to speak negatively. That's how Correct. you dispel people who are out there speaking negatively toward the church and how the Correct. finances are. Okay, we have another caller. Let me log this caller in and see what the person has to say. Never end up in five five. What do you want to ask the chip? Okay, I just logged you on. Number ended in five five. Hello. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome Hello. to Prince Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And what would you like to add to this topic? Hello. Hi, we hear you. What would you like to add oh, to okay, this topic? Okay, I, I, I wasn't sure if you could hear me or not. Yeah. Um. As far as far as uh, trusting in a relationship, our relationship has to be with the Father first, because of the fact that man has the knowledge of good and evil. So if you have the knowledge of good and evil, that's perverted in the worst kind of way. And God would have to be the one that would teach man the difference between what's right and wrong. So we'd have to have a relationship with him and we would have to be able to trust him because God is honest with us and he pays attention to how we feel because our feelings are not who we are. We're underneath our feelings. You know, and that's what you think, what you say, and what you do. And since Christ sits on the seat of who you are, now you're free to have a relationship with him with nothing in the way. So when you go to the word of God, that's sitting at his feet, Jesus' feet, and hearing God speak to you through his word. And through that way, we can have a relationship with people outside of ourselves. Now, I hear what you're saying, and it's interesting in regards to you putting it that way, and a lot of times we start talking about in the pulpit, and when individuals are right with themselves and right with their relationship, those should be the individuals that we should have in leadership and we should have in the pulpit. And when you put someone in the pulpit and they're not right or things are going astray, and, yes, they it's their personal relationship with God, and then that's where sometimes individuals are looking at just that organization and saying, these are our leaders, these are the people in the church, running the churches, and they people start feeling hustled, and, yes, their relationship is still right with God, but we don't want individuals to have this, this fear or not want to trust the God because they put their trust in people. And we have to, we always say, well, you know better, you do better, but we, we're trying to change that negative stereotype and negative image of what's actually happening. And those that are doing it, they need to clean up their act if you know you're not doing right. Well, they need help they need because we've got to teach people. Mm-hmm. And the way I mean be teaching people is that, you know, uh, when you're talking to somebody, you could do the copying, you could copy what they're doing, or you could mirror them, you know, mm-hmm. and how you do that is, is you speak the internal language, you know, it's a heart to heart, you're not trying to talk to somebody's ego when you're out here on the front line, there ain't no ego here, mm-hmm. so you have to dissolve their ego, which would be their false sense of their self, it's not really who they are. And only Mm -hmm. because you want to have a relationship with them, not to control them, not to manipulate them or exploit their feelings about what you'd be doing if you were doing that. No, that's not a relationship. That's different. Mm -hmm. You see? Basically, and I want to talk about getting back to the the basics. 
Now, we only have a minute left in the party. Um, I know you are deep into ministry. Anything you want the listeners to know in regards to where you worship, anything you want to share with them before we end the show? Oh no! Like the, like the young man who was just speaking, as he was saying, you have to put you have to put God first and and establish your relationship with God. And like I said once again, everything that we do has to come out of out of love because God is love, regardless if somebody is being deceitful or whatever. The things that we do as individuals is still to be shown and carried out out of love. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Lady T, anything you want to say before we end the show? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Just do everything in love, and when you go in ministry, just make sure you're going just to see God and to see God. If you're going not looking for nothing negative, you won't find it. And the caller just just called in. Anything you want to share before we end the show? Yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, God's perfect will for each one of us, his children, that we've been illuminated with God's glory, which is Christ's precious spirit, and now we can see it's all him. And when it's all about him, there is no end times with him. He is an eternal God, so that means that we're walking in love that's boundless and immeasurable. So when you stay in the word, your faith is going to grow stronger in him because of the way that his word changes the way that we think about him. You see, we listen to what man says, we get in trouble. And then God shows mm-hmm. us, now listen, you weren't listening to me. And you go, I thought you were, I thought right. that was you. God, God said, that wasn't me. That was you. <laughs> listening to what man that says. Now God teaches, <laughs> his, right. God teaches his kids the difference between what's right and wrong so that we can grow strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say, when you stay in the word, God's going to change the way that you think about what you're talking about because there's a difference between, you know, just talking to somebody or walking up to somebody and trying to get to know who they are and where they're at in the Word of God so that this Holy Spirit is going to be the one teaching these folks. It ain't you. It's the Holy Spirit in you teaching them. The Holy Spirit teaches you the understanding that you get because God gives you understanding from the wisdom that he gave you from the Word. And that's what the spirit will take and shows up when you open your mouth. You're talking about what God's doing in your heart, man. You're like, I can't believe this God doing this. And you're talking about what mm-hmm. he's doing. You ain't talking about what man's doing. So this folk mm-hmm. outside of yourself going to want your lips to keep moving because it keeps telling on your heart what God's doing this work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we ran out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. Paula, you need to call us back more on a Tuesday at 11.30 a.m., and if you have any topics that you want us to share and you want to help us with the show, you can, I like what you're talking about. I like your attitude about it. So I appreciate you right. guys. And, Artie, thank you for calling in. Thank you, Lady T. Thank you for joining us here at Fresh Predicaments no Blog Talk Radio for, oh, for another powerful episode. And like I said, this show is heard in several countries and several different languages. So what we say is spreading and people are listening. So I do appreciate you guys. So we'll come up with a topic again next week. Don't know what we're going to talk about. I'll let you, the audience, determine what we share. So, again, thank you for joining us here at Fresh Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until Monday and our Tuesday, remember, you got this. Thank you. Thank you.